Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. I am recording this episode in beautiful northeast Georgia today. Um, I've been traveling a little bit to visit some friends and um, just sharing what the Lord is, is doing and speaking in this hour and I'm getting ready to head back north and um, pulled off to just spend a few moments in um, just a beautiful area that I spent a lot of time. I'm at the Pan- the Panther Creek Recreational Area and uh, for about 15 years my wife and I and then our son when he came lived here in this immediate area and this place specifically where I'm standing means a lot to me. Um, as I parked my truck and I got out and I just took my first first breath, just the smell of, of this wilderness area with a, a trout stream running through it and hiking trails and just all my memories of how many hours I spent out here fishing and sitting and walking and praying. Man, just just what a beautiful thing to just reminisce over our lives. And I would say with ease, just easier times. Can we say better days? Well, it's all about our vantage point, about our perspective, of course. But like right here on, on this this little, this small piece of land here in the North Georgia mountains, I had a lot of encounters with the Lord right here, even right where I'm standing. I'm underneath this outdoor, large, beamed shelter with this huge hearth and, and outdoor fireplace area beside the trout stream. Like right here at this table, I would sit and I would pray. 15 years ago. And even before that, (laughs) my wife and I would come out here and walk and fish, talk. Man, just valuable, valuable days. And friends, my heart is so heavy today. And I know I feel like I'm saying that all the time, but (laughs) you know, the things that the Lord speaks to us and how and to what measure we give ourselves to those things, how we respond is of utmost importance. It is so valuable. More so than any one of us realize. Because it sets our course in continuation. Moment by moment. Opportunity after opportunity to seek His face while He may be found. Is dependent upon our response to what the Spirit is saying to us each moment of every day. Our response is of utmost importance. I spent the last two days with with a dear brother down here and his family in his house and had opportunity to, to dialogue with them about what God is teaching me in this hour what we see in this age and, and listening to their vantage point, their perspective, their version of this hour. I was blessed to go to the, the church where 
my friend attends and hear what they are hearing. I had to sit down. I had the chance to sit down. Um, My brother friend here, he is Anglican. His present journey has him in that vein of pursuit. And so I got to talk to the priest there and ask him some questions. And man, even, even his message was, was right alongside what I'm hearing in regards to compliance and where is the church and why is the church sleeping? Where has she gone? It was encouraging to be in a small gathering of believers in a completely different path as far as journeying to get there congregationally, but hearing a very, very, very similar word. It was encouraging to see and to have the opportunity and the blessing to listen to others who are listening in their own journey. Differences in their proper place. But it's not, it's not happenstance that I'm standing here right now in this specific area reflecting on where I was 15 years ago, 15 plus years ago, right here. Doing what? Trying my best laboring to hear the word of the Lord and be one who responds and says, you know what? There are some things I've got to do. There are some things I've got to undo. And friends, a lot of the conversation over the last 48 hours that I've been a part of is, is, is talking about elevating, elevating our assessment of the now moments we are in and adjusting accordingly in the sense of every single moment matters so greatly to us individually and to the corporate church. And what I want to share for the next few minutes, however long this becomes, this could easily be a multi-part series, but I'm going to try to make it very concise. And maybe we can revisit it in greater measure. But there is a point I'd like to drive home crystal clear. And this is something, again, like I just feel stirring in me. Man, I wish this could be a message that could be broadcast to millions of believers, but it frustrates me in all honesty that I know it won't. It will be a very small, select few that will even listen to this. But we, we are responsible to proclaim and declare what we hear the Lord saying in whatever influence we are given with boldness and confidence and in hope and in faith, that it will accomplish its work in whatever measure the Lord deems right. And so again, it's interesting that I'm standing right here, reflecting on things that were birthed in me, if you will, here in this piece of land, geographically speaking, 15 plus years ago, about beginning to surrender my life in a way I had not previous, and abandon my plans and my ways. Undo my thinking. And so I just have some thoughts I'd like to project out into into the atmosphere of this hour. 
that really originates in, a, in part of the conversation that I was having with this priest, and I was asking his perspective and asking him if he was surprised at the response of the, of the corporate church to this hour. I just asked him point blank, are you surprised? And any one of us who have come out of just church attendance and merely going through motions and just being spiritually lethargic and spoon-fed could easily look back at the church and say, well, in, in any kind of arrogance, we should say, no, 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 I, I knew they'd do this all along. But I'm finding anyone who's honest and humble, they're saying, you know what, even in everything that I've seen, the church lacking in, yeah, you know, I'm kind of I'm surprised at the extent and the wholeness of the church just retreating and being silent in this hour. So we talked about like a solution. What do you feel is a solution? And what he and I talked about that we found camaraderie in, we don't we know we're not going to be passive. We're no, we know we are called to do something, to speak, to say something in this hour. The church is not supposed to be silent, but we know we're not called to be militant and stand up like I've been saying for months, probably this whole year. We don't need to just go out and like boisterously make a commotion and say, we will be heard in some sort of angst and natural carnally driven flesh man response, militant, angry. And so what do we do? And his answer was, was, has really caused me to think. And he said, you know, Joel, I think, like, I think what we really need to do is we need to be consistent. We need to be consistent. And he said for him specifically, I need to shepherd these people. I need to pray. I need to study to show myself approved. I need to do these things consistently like I've been doing. Struck me in a good place, okay? I like that. And then I got to thinking about down this road that I want to walk right now here. In this episode specifically. I would propose to you that that is in fact what the church is doing. The corporate church the body at large. And here's the thing that's very hard and grieving, and it should be for us right now in this hour as we assess the church, her condition. Can we not say that perhaps she is in fact walking out in consistency in her level of maturity and dependence upon the Spirit and trusting in the Lord and in her level of of functioning as a Spirit-led people? What if in fact she is doing that and this is showing with, with clarity her true condition. What if, it, what if what is being revealed and unveiled because of the trials of this very hour, what if it's revealing the true condition and posture of the majority church? Lethargic. Powerless. Voiceless. I have said for years that the corporate church... Christian America demands authority. She talks as if she has authority, but yet she has none. Because her authority, our authority, is not our own, found in our own abilities. As some organization, our only 
oomph, strength, ability, and authority comes from the king of the kingdom. And if we are not completely lost into his kingdom, submitted under him as our absolute authority and necessity, what do we have? We have what the world has, friend, and that's what's being exposed. Chaos, blatant, uh, just like almost casual submission to whatever we're told with no question and no spiritual authority overseeing anything we would give ourselves to. And so the church has just disappeared. She has easily retracted and retreated. And I would say, why? Because she's being consistent. She's being what she has been. Chew on that if you would. What if she's being who she has been? What if she is being quiet and unopinionated, voiceless? Because that's pretty much how she's been already. It's just that now, and man, and I th- I'm thinking right now I'm going to make this two parts. One sister beside me in, in a meeting yesterday, just casual in the sense of just with a family and, and me asking some questions and trying to orchestrate some dialogue because I want to know, know what others are hearing and doing. And she said, you know what I've been surprised at, Joel, is like, what has the church been doing for the last X amount of years? Haven't we been learning about this very hour that's now upon us? Haven't we been hearing, if nothing else, haven't we been hearing sermons and messages and Bible studies and and reading books about this very, very now immediate circumstance? What has the church been doing? What have we been doing? Well, we've not been preparing. Perhaps at, at best, we've been learning knowledge. But friends, this is what we're always saying on this program. If that knowledge is not something that is relevant and applicable to then apply to your own life, what good is it to know? What good is it to know the the accounts of men like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego if when when a trial and a tribulation may be on the other side of this week for us, if we don't walk like they did, dependent upon a, a fourth man to come alongside us supernaturally and spare our lives and then redeem everybody who sees what's going on and declare there's one true God. What good is that story? But, sadly, these stories, these accounts have been nothing but fables that have not been given their proper place to enable us and prepare us to actually walk through anything like that for real in our lifetime. They've been mere stories. And so her question was awesome. What has the church been doing? 
I thought this is when the church starts to thrive and do the things that we have been hearing our whole lives. What, what, what about now? Where is it now? And then I read Matthew chapter 24. I've been set up there in and out of it for the last two weeks. How many times do we see the theme in the scriptures of watch and be ready? This is coming. This is coming. This is coming. And when you see these things, this is what's happening. But that's not the, that's only the not yet. That's a precursor. That's a birth pain. It's the beginning of the beginning, friends. And if we don't even see the beginning of the beginning, what in the world will the church do when the real trials and the real tribulations get here? Well, we'll be raptured out. and oh, Man, I don't even want to knock on that door today. I'm not in the mood for escapism theology. <laughs> How's that working right now, church? We're still here. And this is the beginning of the beginning. And I'm telling you, the church at large is failing the beginning of the beginning test. We're not even showing up for the exam. Where are the students to even be tested? Where, where is the church? I'm thinking right now of a church sign that I saw months ago when, when the, the cancellation of services was really just beginning. And I remember the, the, the sign reading, and now it strikes me very interestingly in a different place. It says, the church has left the building. And I know what they mean. They're insinuating that now, because church is, quote, closed, which is a, a doctrinal issue right here out of the gate, the church has left the building. The church has gone out to the world. And friends, I'm just asking, for the most part, is that happening? For the most part, is that happening? Are there people going out? Yes. Are there people postured in readiness and preparedness who are saying, yes, amen, come, Lord Yeshua, come. We will be the Yohanan, the Immerser, John the Baptist, John the Immerser. We will go before you and say, prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way of the Lord. There are people doing that. But I'm saying the face of the church, which is sadly but factual, it is the buildings, the gatherings. And friends, I would just insert this because I shared this yesterday as well. My, most of my life I have been, quote, in the church. My mother took us to church as children and youth, reluctantly as it was. <laughs> she endured to take us. And although I washed my hands of the church after we were youth pastors and, and went through all that stuff and were just so hurt and discouraged and frustrated, we checked out. The Lord in His goodness and His kindness brought us back to Him first and has redeemed the, the assembly understanding in my heart. He's redeemed that, that hurt, broken place, given me hope again. But when we think about like the church has left the building, we have to step back and ask, well, but what about the gathering? 
Because as I'm saying, I heard my whole life, look, man, if it's Super Bowl Sunday, if it's summertime vacations, if it's, you know what, you just don't, quote, feel like going to church, what's the pastor say? Brother, forsake not the assembly of the brethren. Don't you dare, quote, miss church. Don't you dare. You have no valid excuse. You have no reason. You have no leg to stand on, brother. If you want to please God, you better be in church. You forsake not the assembly. There's no good reason. There's no, I mean, we could turn on our our best Baptist preacher voice and we could do a sermon and regurgitate what we've heard our whole lives. And my question is is just an obviously elementary one. What about now? What about now? If that verse has been driven into everyone for so long, over trivial matters like you just, you don't want to go to church because eh, it's too early, it's too long, it's too loud, it's too quiet, it's too boring, you know, all these things. And there's no acceptable excuse to not gather. What in the world about now? When it really, really, really is beginning to ramp up and matter more and more and more, there's no assembly. Oh, it's justified. Well, we need to we need to prefer our brother. Oh, okay. Well, we need to you know, I mean, we all know what's going on. A million valid reasons have suddenly come up on the horizon and come down from the leadership to validate not gathering and not assembling and actually opposing the words they've been preaching for eons of time here in quote Christian America. Ah. We don't need to gather. The church isn't the building. I thought the church has been promoting that as not being true for decades. (laughs) You have to come and forsake not the assembly. And so we have to have this rightful balance. No, the church, the church, the capital C church is not a facility, but it is the gathering. It is the gathering. It is me individually as a component, yes and amen, of course. Again, this is juvenile Christianity. This is simple. Yes, I have a personal relationship with my Messiah King. I tend to my life. And, equally so, I am part of a people, a nation, a royal priesthood, a chosen people of eternal Yahweh Elohim, an identifiable people. And that's what I'm saying, and then we'll bring this to a close and make it part one. Where are the identifiable people of the capital C Church right now here in this nation that I live, America? And perhaps you, wherever you are. We have listeners right now in about eight other countries. I don't have any idea what it looks like elsewhere right now. I'm very ignorant towards that. But right here and now, where I live, I'm looking around, and boy, you can find the church. But man, you got to look hard. That's another facet within this about the remnant reality and the prophesied things about the church to come and how it's going to look very different. A valid question is, We need to sit back and assess who is really the church. Who really are the people of God? 
oh, man, that's a hard question. If you just throw that off casually and say, huh, it's not up to us, mm, boy, we'd better be careful. We need to know in this hour, and I would say in closing, this is unveiling and revealing a condition that has been pre-existent in the body of Messiah. We're being tried. We're being tested. Church, you're being placed in the fire, and I'm telling you, it's not looking in our favor. It's not looking in our favor. So coming up in part two, I'm hoping to just make this two parts and keep it somewhat simple. We're going to look at mixed allegiance, identity, influence. Do we have any rightful influence as people in our communities, in our families, in humility? Are we advancing or are we retreating? These are a few things we're going to talk about. I believe there are some things I've even numbered out that I think are very clear and good for us to put into our thinking as we assess our own lives individually and assess the body of Messiah on the earth right now and ask some tough questions. So stick around. Please come back for part two. Please. We have to ask these questions. We have to examine ourselves very, very, very precisely in this hour. Even the elect are going to be led astray, friends. That could be me. That could be you. We need to watch. We need to pray. We need to prepare our hearts and our households according to what the Spirit is saying. Go to patdesign.com. Subscribe there. Follow this podcast download the app, whatever you got to do. Go to YouTube. There's some videos there. I'm going to be posting a new series, hopefully this week. Oh my goodness. A video series should be coming quite quickly. Send us an email, pathdesignpodcast at gmail.com. Listen, I want to come where you are. I'm down here visiting in Georgia, man. I'm like, right now, I'm like, where else can I go? God, send me somewhere. Let me knock on the door of a church. Let me pull up onto a Bible study. Let me stop and see a brother at a picnic table and say, man, do you want to talk about what the Lord is saying in this hour? I want to do something. If, if you are looking for someone to pray with you, to encourage you, to, to bring a word of correction, if the Lord would bring it to you or to me from you, friends, email me. Podcast at gmail.com is the way to do it. Thank you for listening. Part two coming up next. Amen.